Welcome to Vino Week, episode 10, brought to you by Vino 101. All right, welcome to Vino Week. I'm Bill. Hello, everyone. It's Al, and uh, we've got some more exciting topics about the wine world. That's we had to kind of uh, tone ourselves down there because we got talking before we turned on the record button, huh, Bill? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> no dearth of us bloviators bloviating. Oh, so much going on. So much going yeah, on. That's true. Hey, I didn't. Um, th- this is going a little bit off. I mean, uh, we'll just dive right in. But I didn't send this one to you. See if I can send it to you right now. Uh, there's a little blurb that was in the Telegraph. Uh, Telegraph News overseas. Right. The uh, the the Daily Telegraph or the Telegraph in the UK. Yep. Yep. And uh, let's see if I can get this to you real quick. It's uh, it's uh, about crimes in the wine world, which was our theme, a little bit of our theme last last week. But it is about. Let's see here. I'm I'm multitasking here, Bill. That's excellent. <laughs> Although they told us it's not possible, we're we're it, males. Well, no. It uh, at, unlike some computers, we are not. do two things at once <laughs> okay well i got it on here let's see if i can get crimes, it crime swine crime i'm searching I'm and i don't know how to get it to you what do i do here uh, cut and paste right yeah. yeah i'm having i'm having technical difficulties that's right just go ahead yeah here we go well Okay, well, I got to get back to it. So it's about these guys that um, guys. I don't know who it was. Could be you know a bunch of women for all we know. I got it. I got it. The uh, got it. Yeah, they broke. Uh, they broke into uh, Berry Brothers and Rudd, which is a very prestigious wine company, and uh, actually they supply all the wine for the uh, royal families there. Right. And uh, it looks like it was an inside job. And uh, they got they they got off with uh, over shoot something like a million and a half pounds worth of uh, worth of vino and uh, Nouveau <laughs> Nouveau World wines. Uh, no, no, it's uh, no. Berry Brothers. Okay, interesting. I'm looking at an older article. The okay. same thing, fraudsters. So, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So it, it's just it's really interesting that they. They were able to. I mean, this is a, a pretty uh, a big warehouse, and uh, it's heavily secured. And uh, they knew exactly how to get in. Um, you know exactly where the sensors were. They moved the cameras, and they even were able to find hidden security cameras that people that had worked in the buildings for for years didn't even know were there. Uh, so you know, I just it just shows you how valuable. A lot of these Bordeaux wines, these these high end wines, have become that you know it makes it worthwhile for people to you know go in and you know put together elaborate elaborate plans to take them. And obviously, it must be pretty easy to unload them or fence them or whatever you want to say because people it's happening a lot more. I I guess I mean I you know of all the things that you know I think you'd want to pilfer. Wine would be the last thing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not like you know diamonds you put in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, there's some work involved with shoving I, I, wooden cases I, of wine across a warehouse floor. <laughs> well, I, and if you're gonna go like right, I mean, if you're gonna go steal something like really like a pallet, pallet. I mean, you might as well go steal an ATM machine. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, you think you'd be better off. <laughs> Anyway, you know, I uh, the whole thing just seems. And it, did they get caught or anything? That's the other thing you usually read about these people being caught. Well, this happened in April, and it's interesting. They're still investigating. No arrests have been made, man. None. They're clueless. Wow. Is that amazing or wow. what? Well, and you say inside job too, and that you know that just begs the question of you know. Uh, you know, I know all this went down, and I'm insured, so. You know, the business is in on the job, too, but not in on the job, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, I I don't know any of that for a fact, obviously, but it it just it's that whole thing's smelly. Yeah, that's a bad uh, that's a bad scene. Why not get paid twice? I'll <laughs> get paid by the insurance company, and I'll get paid by the guy that I quote unquote stole the wine for. Not that we said that that's happening. No, no I'm <laughs> definitely not saying that's happening. But you know, I'm a businessman. <laughs> oh my. Well, uh, let's move on to something a little bit controversial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've indemnified people. Um, <laughs> enough, no, of the, enough of the finger pointing. Yeah. We didn't point fingers at anybody. We're just saying. It was just <laughs> hypothetical. Yeah. It's hypothetical. Um, all right. So the, uh, yeah, the, the article, and where was this? This is in Wine Searcher? Yeah. No, uh, this is, uh, it was written by Blake Gray. And he, he always, uh, you know, he, he's got a good stand. I like reading what he has to write about. Yeah. And it's about uh, immigration. It's about immigration. You know, California's tried to pass immigration law to uh, deal with its temporary workforce that comes in to handle all its ag- all its, its agricultural economy effectively. Um, and the, this article seems like in 2012, or it says that in 2012, California was actually going to pass a law, but it was opposed by immigrant rights groups because they thought the feds were going to take action, but that didn't pan out. So, you know, 6.3% of California's population is uh, illegal, which is not an insignificant number when you think about it. Um, I think Texas is high. Uh, Texas has got high percentage as well, but this proposal basically says anyone who would allow people who are here illegally that come work temporarily to stay and sort of be legal. So effectively set up a guest worker system in my mind. Um, and, you know, I think that, I think the wine business does a pretty good job of maintaining its labor supply, but they do need to use temp workers. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting in this article, it's, 14 north of 14 bucks an hour but they don't see anybody as the article says um who was the the foundation one of the directors on our as i'm quoting the article here on our farm worker foundation board runs vineyard management company and he said not once in 30 years has he seen a caucasian walk through his door looking for a job um Someone walks off the street, no English, you're going to get paid north of $14 an hour, but white people, black people, we just don't see it. And yeah, that's that's pretty telling. And like for you know, for if I was fourteen bucks an hour, I mean, if you're a college student looking at a summer job, or you know, taking a semester off, I mean, there could be worse things to do. I mean, it's not that horrible. Yeah, well, it's not horrible. It's just it's it's almost a mindset. I don't I don't think people realize how much how much money's involved in it. I mean, it is. It can be depending on where you are. It, right. You know, it can be hard work right. for sure. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made, yeah. you know, working the vineyards and, and working in the in the farming in- industry, uh, especially if you're, you know, in the management side of it. There's a tremendous amount of money to be made. Yeah, well, I mean, as we talked about last week, we're going to talk about later in the cast. It's big business. Um, but I, but I, you know, I think the really interesting story here is sort of the, you know, this. Uh, there is. There are jobs available. They don't pay horribly. I mean, we're talking about cities trying to pass legislation at a living wage at 15 bucks an hour. You know, you can go work and do this work and get paid somewhat close to that money, but it doesn't seem like that, um, you know, has sort of permeated throughout the country. And there's, uh, you know, I just wonder if more people you know, knew about it, there'd be more of a sort of migration, um, and even more of migration or influx into California to, to do this work. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what the breakdown is between the different ag crops. Like, you know, I, I can't help but think that there's more money to be made if you're dealing with grapevines versus if you're dealing with, say, cabbage or strawberries or something along right. those lines. Just right. because in, inherently, you know, there's more money coming out, you know, there's more money to be made, I think. So yeah. the, the, the interesting thing that I find when I'm reading this article, the one thing that struck me first off was the term illegal versus 
unauthorized immigrants. Right, right. You know, and, and it kind of strikes to the heart of the issue. You know, if you're here in California, depending on which side of the aisle you're on, you know, those, those you know, illegal has become almost a pejorative. And, you know, I mean, when you talk to people, you almost you're almost forced to use that that term un- unauthorized immigrants. <laughs> so it's kind right. of a bit of a hot button. Right. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because this is coming full scheme. And I guess they're voting on it um, next month. Right. And, uh, you know, it's 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 in the Senate. And well, and I, I think it's, you know. So we have this system of governance in the country that allows states the leeway to sort of pass laws to deal with their particular, you know, problems or situations. I think it's a good thing that states experiment with these laws. I mean, the feds can come in and write a law that supersedes all this stuff. They certainly can, and they certainly have the power of enforcement to do that if they so desire. But... The, the whole sort of, you know, we're not addressing the issue. We have a bunch of, we have a number of people running around who aren't, who are outside of our legal system. Yep. You know, they're not, and, and, and I don't mean like, you know, they're, they're out committing crimes outside the legal system and we can't deal with them. We just like don't have a way to, to, to cope with them from a government standpoint. And that's just a bad thing. So like, why not experiment with some of this stuff and see what happens? Um, I like it. I thought for a min- minute there you were going to go Donald Trump on me. Oh, um, and, and that's you know that whole you know that whole rhetoric. And look, so that's just a big show, right? Trump's just right. a big show. He's gaining a ton of attention. Um, you know his. You know that's a PR strategy that's working. But again, once again, there's a politician not addressing the not not talking about how we're going to solve a problem. Right. Um, just, just point fingers. Yeah, I'm just going to point <laughs> fingers and make noise, and that's great for my campaign. You know, at least we've got legislators in California, you know, you know, taking a swing at bat. Let's try this thing. We have these we these people are going to come work. They yeah, they're going to come work. I, they're here and, and, they, they've and, been, they, and they want to work, which yeah. is going back to your point, you know, um, when you said earlier that uh, this guy's been in the business for 30 years and he hasn't had a Caucasian or a, a black person walk in and ask for, you know, ask for a job. I mean, these people want to work. <laughs> they're, you know, they're, I, yeah, anyway, I, you know, it's just the whole, that whole perception is, is, you know, wrongheaded that these people are here. You know, I, I don't know what people think who um, may not have exposure that these people are sort of like hanging around on the dole and, That's and it's, 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 it, in fact, it's the exact opposite. Most of these people work in three or four jobs to try to keep a family together. And they're not they're they're not running around complaining that their civil rights are being violated. They're running around asking for I'd like to stay here. I'm working here. Can you can you figure out a way? Um so I and you know, I don't, you know, my family um, you know, came during an immigration wave. Um, but that was a time when the US had, you know, it had opened its borders and had set up a program. So, like, why can't we figure that out now? It's the same thing with healthcare. We're a bunch of smart people. Should be able to figure all this stuff out. And the only way that you do it is you've got to try. Um, well, if you look on the other side of the coin, it's, you know, if you if you give people uh, proper status and they're not considered illegal, then the people that employ them, you know, there's certain rules and there's certain financial responsibilities that, that, that they have to cop to. Yep. So, you know, you know, there's, there's two sides to the coin. I mean, there's a lot of people that have a vested interest in keeping things the way they are. Yeah. I mean, you have a, you have a good point there though, right? Cause that 14 bucks an hour, that could be all cash. Yeah. And so that means no social security taxes, no federal <clears throat> taxes, no state taxes, no workers comp, these people probably aren't covered for those, you know, for injuries and all that stuff, yep. which is which is bogus in this generation. You know, we should not be doing that to workers um, as a business. And you know, if more people are in the pool, the the cheaper things get. That's just a basic fact. So let's get all of these people into the into the system, and I think we'll be better off. I don't know. That's my opinion, but. Yeah, and, well, I, and I just find it amazing that the notion is that, well, you know, whenever times get tough, and, you know, it's no doubt that we went through a tough time as far as the economy, 
you know, there's always going to be this, well, this person's coming here. They shouldn't be here. They're taking jobs from other people. You know, that's the standard union line. And <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, you guys aren't going to go out there and, you know, do agricultural work, you know. I mean, most people just aren't that, yeah. that have lived here for a while and have had other jobs. They're just, they're not going to do that. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's fully available to you. Yeah. Fully and, available. <laughs> it really is. It's not, there's nothing stopping me from going out and getting a job to do that, I suppose. But, you know, I prefer to do what I'm doing right now. But, you know, it's, it's available. Yeah. And, and what's even worse is this article details... We have a guest worker law. Yes, um, it's an H two. What's called an H two A visa. It's a nightmare. We seriously, we have a law. Like, get it to work. Yeah, yeah. What's can we just fix that? I mean, it's just sometimes it's amazing to me. <laughs> um, you know, so we're spending probably I don't know the number, but probably billions of dollars on border enforcement. Um, yeah, building walls. You know. Yeah shooting stuff and and that needs to be there at some level primarily to stop the you know, flow of the illegal goods and services um, you know that's you know that's probably a good thing and we'll have to be there at some level I mean you gotta kinda you know watch what you you know as a country you probably wanna watch what's coming in and out of the country but a lot of that's all a lot of that money is all to stop people coming over the border well if you have a law that it's you know, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's in place and it's efficient. This this problem reduces itself in dramatic ways. Yeah, it's just a matter of whether somebody wants to fix it or if they're happy with the way things are. And like this law, if you're if you have a felony or three misdemeanors, you're not you're you're out. Yeah, and that kind of stuff's simple for the pol- you know for like law enforcement to deal with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those are good things. Well, I, w- I won't. I won't go on a jag here, but but it does bring to mind the, the little thing that, or not the, the big thing that happened down there in San Francisco with the with the young lady that was mm-hmm. uh, was killed. Yep. And, if you, and uh, you yep. know the, the the person that that perpetrated her, the perp, as they say, you know, had been back and forth five times. Yeah. So I mean, he was a known he was a known uh, person to law enforcement. Yeah. Both to the sheriff, both to the San Francisco sheriff, and to the feds, and it's like he was in this legal limbo, which yeah. is a, a perfect illustration of like why this has to, why we have to deal with this, and we have to deal with it in law, not by building a fence. Yes, the fence is ridiculous. It's <laughs> really happen. ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. Yeah. And, and like, don't fear. Like, our entire country is built on Im- immigration. Yes. <laughs> I mean, get a. Cl- we are all immigrants. Hello, <laughs> everyone in this country came from somewhere else, except for the Native Americans who've been here. Who then there was just a report about um, that immigration pattern, um, which which is funny. It's like two groups. There are two groups came over the land bridge, um, spanned by thousands of years. In fact, so anyway, uh, this is a good, a very hot button topic. But I I just see it as one of those things. Like, why is it a hot button? We have immigration. We need to figure out how to handle it. Period. Yep. yep. All right. Well, uh, let's tackle. Uh, let's What's tackle next? <laughs> let's tackle another subject. Yeah. Something a little lighter. We can. Well, we can stay in law here with uh, Argentina. You are, okay? We can do that. So the um, so one of the um, her name is Bal. Is her name Balbo? Balbo. Bal- Susanna yes. Balbo. Yes. So. Uh, Domino Del Plata Winery. Um, yeah, she's, so she's a rock star winemaker, yeah. And she's head of the Argent what head of the president of the Argentinian Wine Association or but she's running for office. Yes, she is. And she's, she's run for for parliament for uh for the Mendoza region, yes. Gotcha. And for those that don't know, Mendoza is a huge producer of wine. Um, that is the hot that's the hot spot in Argentina. Um that's- and a world becoming a well, I shouldn't say becoming, but is a is a world, um, you know, is a world, uh, a worldwide or a um, internationally known site for wine production. Yeah, they have. Um, you know, the reason she's running is she sees, you know, like anyone else, I guess, that gets in politics, she sees that the economy is in shambles. And she really wants to make a difference, 
And uh, their main problem is they're having just an, a terrible bout with inflation right now. And uh, if anyone's had a, you know, anyone can remember back maybe say what 25 years ago yeah <laughs> when you had to when you were when you were trying to uh maybe purchase a house or uh i mean it, it makes a difference if it's uh if it's a if it's a three and a half or four percent loan like like it is right now versus back in those days when it could have been a 12 or 13 percent right right so uh it makes it makes a big difference so and then for all the things that you buy so she's been in the business for a long time. Uh, she's made a lot of great wines for a lot of different wine companies. And um, she's kind of wants to wants to make things better for the future, for her country. And that's that's basically why she's running. And uh, I, I, it'll be interesting to see um, what type of uh, what type of impact or even if she would even get elected. It'll be inter- interesting to see. Because she's kind of going from, uh, in the article, it kind of says she's going from one side that does the finger pointing to the other side that, that really wants to get something done. And she's talking about some pretty serious issues. Aside from aside from inflation, she's talking about uh, government health care. Uh, I mean, these are things that, that we're dealing with also gotcha. here. <laughs> that's what I, I think. You know, so I think that's what's really funny, right? Is that we're all dealing with the same problems on a global level. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's just, I mean, healthcare is is something that's got to be dealt with. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what country you're in. Right, right. Well, and then you know we have a whole portion of the world who's just displaced due to conflict. So yeah, you know that, you know, um, it, it's uh, and it's great to see people who are. You know, at least putting a stake in the ground, trying to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, talk about a babe in the woods going from uh, owning a business to just hopping right into politics. It could be hurtful. It could <laughs> be hurtful. Gonna, that's going to be interesting. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. Uh, see what happens with it, and see how she does. I wish the best for her. Love okay. her wines. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. Um, um, wine business consolidation we we talked last week about sort of the top 10 in terms of revenue and production right yep um and it looks like the that trend the the trend of consolidation i don't know if there you know is is continuing so gallo bought um silveron and the austin winery which is a pretty large property i think it's pretty big in um in the alexander valley yeah, that's, that's, County. Oh man, yeah, it's uh, it's thirty five thousand tons. It, it can uh, so the Austin Winery is high volume, right? Thirty five thousand tons of grapes. Yeah, it's a big. It's it's I believe it's it's one of the largest wineries. It's sixth largest in the country has a permit to produce two point five million cases. So this is from the press demo article on this. Okay. That I got that. That um, is that's, that's a big. Yeah. yeah, that's a big that's a big winery. I think the big thing about this deal is that Gallo is buying um, they're buying the property, you know, which is a distinction on some of these deals, like the deal with uh, Naomi. They bought but the, the brand. brand, right? They're buying a five hundred thirty five acre property in Alexander Valley pro- uh, proper, which is is pretty much uh, just a little bit north of Geyserville. And then just running up that road. If you go up that road and you look to the left, you'll see all of that stuff. That's, I mean, you, you can see all the way going up the hill. That's part of the Asti property. Uh, so Gallo is, uh, you know, they're making a, a big stake and and buying a whole bunch more land. And as far as as far as capacity for making wine. You know, that's going to be, I mean, I think in the article it almost said this will just be like a relief valve for them. Right. It's like an extra heavy crop coming in because they have they have enough capacity at their other properties. Yeah, so in Healdsburg they have a facility they can do that's permitted, or it's, it doesn't say it's permitted. It says it has a capacity to make almost 5 million cases annually, 4.9. So you're looking at 6.4 million um, cases that they could crank out in, in their property in Sonoma County. Um, and that's all, you know, they probably can, you know, they probably can pr- handle the production for all of the 
fruit that they harvest in the county and uh, in the probably not only in Sonoma County but every everywhere that's close, right? So yeah. I don't know how far they you know they go in terms of you know into Mendocino Lake and and Napa, but or, or even beyond. But that's uh, that's a lot of production capacity. Well, an- another thing that's interesting about this deal is you know they're buying the property from Treasury Wine Estates. And Treasury Wine Estates is just dumping everything. <laughs> yeah, they, it, they want out of you know the wine business in the U.S. It looks like, and they're they're trying to shoulder up their stuff that they have in Australia. So um, it, it's it's interesting how these companies are. You know, it's it's almost like they're dealing. Well, I'll take this, and you take that. You know, it's 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 kind of like a little monopoly game. I was just about to say it's wine monopoly. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Another another sort of blast for the past for me um, is they reference uh, the Italian Swiss colony. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Now I remember my parents um, having the salt shakers with the little wine bottles with the sort of uh, wicker <laughs> covers on them that they got at Italian Swiss colony when they visited here. I think either I think in the late sixties. Wow. Um, so I, I read that and it's just like immediate. I can still see him. It's so funny how what an what how what an iconic sort of uh, thing. And as I'm talking, I think you recognize what I'm talking about. So. Yeah, yeah, super. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a. I think uh, I believe Gallo came out on ahead on this deal, and and um, you know uh, did you know that you know who owns you know that uh, one of the Gallo. Um, I believe Gina, Gina Gallo, uh, one of the owners, this is a privately held company. She married uh, a really big wine uh, tycoon from France, right? Right. Yeah, Jean-Claude uh, Boisset. And, you know, th- that's a lot of money between the two of them. So, you know, they're going out and they're forking over cash um, to buy these places. This this property has a permit to hold six events with up to a thousand people and 30 events for up to 500 people now it doesn't seem like a big deal on the surface but it's a really big deal in our environment lately because the county has been really really clamping down on handing out permits for wineries to do special events right and there and there's um i think what what for those of you that don't uh live in um wine regions they make a significant amount of profit off of those events. Um, yeah, it's the profit. It's the name it's, recognition. It's the building rapport with your customers. It's getting new customers. You know, it's, I mean, you it's go out, fundamental to your business. Yeah, you go out, you spend a, a day in wine country, and you're at a winery, and you have a great time, and you pick up a little half a case or a case of wine. There's a real good chance you're going to be buying that wine again. And, and member of the wine club. Yes. And probably tell, and most importantly, probably telling your friends and family if you go to wine country, don't don't miss this place. Yep. So, um, and if you bring a wedding party of five hundred people in, the same thing's going to happen. And you know, if you've never been to one of these places, they're pretty stunning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not like your neighbor's backyard. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I mean, they spend a lot of they spend a lot of effort maintaining the property. Um, they uh, almost uh, I have yet to go to an event that wasn't well produced. Yeah. Um, yes. You know it. You know they're pros at this stuff, so it's it, it it's fundamental. Now the pressure on the county. <clears throat> one story that was in the paper this week is how Sonoma County has. I believe the worst roads of any city, or Santa Rosa does, of any city its size in the U.S. And Sonoma it, County has really, really bad roads. So this is all part of the problem that people are, you know, concerned about all these events. You know, you're rolling down these lane, these literally two-lane roads with, you know, coach buses filled with people um, who are partying, and you know, people are kind of like, I like, I don't want this in my backyard. Hey, Bill. As far as roads go, we're number one. There you go. Yeah. Not, not as in quality of road. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want it, if you want a really, really good experience, drive out, come here, take the the Petaluma Bodega Road, 
And when you get to Highway 1, make a, make a left and go from Sonoma County into Marin County, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. You hit like six or seven potholes, and all of a sudden, it's just this, it's like your boat's up on a plane. <laughs> just this smooth. You're like, what happened? My uh, Every time I go back to visit my uh, uh, my parents in, in Florida, I always marvel marvel at how nice and how beautifully smooth the roads are. <laughs> I, I remember when I first moved out here, how nice the roads were. It's like, what happened, man? The roads are awful. They're just awful. I didn't need the report to tell me that our roads were the worst. No, me either. I, it, just, it just came back to uh, we decided not to pay for them. Yeah, I know the earth moves, but come on, people. Yeah, right, right. I mean, we haven't had that many earthquakes. So, hey, continuing on the thread of sort of consolidation, another famous winery was purchased this week. So B.R. Cohen was purchased, um, which is a, a pretty famous winery. For those that you that don't know, B.R. Cohen was actually the road manager for the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Um, we should have some music going on right That's now. That's true. Maybe we'll put some bumper, some doobie bumper music in. But uh, uh, that was a, and I can't forget, I forget the uh, um, the terms of that deal. Uh, I don't know if they actually put an amount. I can't remember if they put an amount or not. Um, but oh, there was, I do, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. What I do know is, is the company that bought them which is vintage wine estates they're kind of local to this area and they kind of been going around and they buy distressed companies i mean the owner um he all but said he just couldn't he couldn't handle the debt payments anymore and uh i mean in the article in the press it said that i mean it's like a quote you know i was forced to sell by the bank it said they even named the bank they're like bank of the west made me sell it's like really, wow. So you know that's what these guys do. Vintage wine estates—they go around and they buy distressed businesses. They bought um, uh, Cosentino Winery over in Napa. Uh, they bought Cartilage and Brown over in Napa. You know, all, these are companies that were just like teetering. Uh, they got Gerard Winery over in Napa Valley that way. You know, people get a little bit over their head. You know, they, and that's how they, that's how, uh, Vianza, I'm sure you're familiar with them, um, um, which was, God, Vianza was owned by um, some of the Sebastianis hmm. at one time, and they got in over their head and wanted to get out. Uh, Windsor Vineyards, it does custom labeling. So these guys, they're smart. Yeah. They go in, and they have, they have pretty deep pockets, and they buy a distressed business, and then they just kind of, they pump some money into it. And just keep rolling along. Yeah, well, I mean, the great thing about, so B.R. Cohen's probably internationally recognized, you know, brand. Yeah. <clears throat> they have a, they, they, and not only that, they, I, they, uh, they do olive oil. And I think they do other specialty food products. I, I definitely know they do olive oil. Yeah, it used um, to be an old, uh, used to be an old dairy farm, I think. You that's, know, yeah. Bought. Yeah. But he, I saw some number like like the the um, his sort of all of the stuff that they sold that was not wine accounted for a significant portion of their revenue. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was I remember that too. I can't remember it was like nine or ten percent, but you know, seventy five thousand case winery. Um, I don't know if they've retained the rights for their music festival, so they have a sort of classic rock music festival every year, which I you know that. So you're right now the people that have affinity with that music are probably that come are probably high net worth individuals um you know willing to spend money um it, it's as a good deal and the and the great thing about the concert that they do every year it's a charity concert yeah yeah it's and it's 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 a pretty good deal i think it's interesting when, when bruce sold the property you know um <laughs> in one of the articles it says that uh he offered to stay on in a consulting role. And this is always interesting to me when these companies come in and they buy a smaller brand or even if they buy a bigger brand, it's always interesting to me what happens to the people that are working there now. 
Right. And so he said, well, you know, hey, I'll come on and I'll I'll be a consultant. But uh, the new company uh, said, quote, Cone family members involved in the winery will move on to pursue personal interests, unquote. <laughs> so thanks for offering, but not, no yeah, thanks. We, we got it from here. <laughs> we got it from here. But it's uh, usually what happened in the past was they would say, oh, yeah, we're going to keep you on as a consultant. And then the deal sours and he doesn't like, you know, the person doesn't like the way things are gone and then they leave in a huff. And that's typically what happens. So, you know, you know, you, they give you a big, big pail of money and they said, you know, go away, man. Right. Go away. We got this. The other, so, the other thing I thought interesting about this story is that I think the article came out on, on a Wednesday, I think on a Wednesday, and the following day, the PR machine at Vintage was already at work, yep, pumping out, hey, this is what we're doing to the winery. So, good they're, call. They're on top. Hey, look, they're on top. They're maintaining the value of that brand. Yeah, that is a really good call. That's true, man. I mean, just like in a, a really detailed article. Yep. I mean, so don't they, worry. Yep. We're going to pump money into it. You know, I mean. We're investing. I think the um, the the owner said, here's his quote, we are not financially restrained and we will be able to buy new barrels and do a lot of work on different, main, different maintenance. You know, so it's like basically we're coming in and we're going to sprinkle money everywhere. It's going to be all better. It's going to be even better than it was. And they have, to their credit, they have a rock star winemaker. Uh, Marco DiGiulio is a winemaker, and he used to make the wines for La Coya. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever had those, those I, wines. I, I haven't. But these are mind-blowing. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. I mean, this is, it. you know, so these types of transactions. So you're talking about a local company with some deep pockets, I'm sure there's you know investors outside of the county, but they're pumping money into the county. Yep. yep. Um, and you know they have a pro you know they have a property that can you know they can invest in and you know add more production that adds more jobs. You know it, it's it, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to. Um, I haven't been out to the property for a long time. I drive by all oh, the I time. Try, yeah, I drive by all the time. I haven't been there. I I maybe have been there once. Maybe I'll go to a Doobie Brothers concert this summer. Who knows? Well, that's the. You know, I was thinking that I'm like, you know, I'm Doobie Doobie's under. What could be so bad? Um, and we'll post it. You uh, you also have the link to sort of their brands, the vintage wine estate brands. So they're interesting to sort of look at. Yep, they're doing they're doing a good job there. Um, hey, uh, on a little bit of fun, um, I got a challenge for you. Okay. I want you to find out if you can. How much it would cost? I know you can't buy it in the states, but if you're in China, how much would you pay for a case of D Wade Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon? All right. So first of all, we need to know who D Wade is because there are probably <laughs> plenty of people who don't know who D Wade is. Come on, man, Dwayne Wade, Miami Heat. Oh, uh, <laughs> basketball player. <laughs> it's another he's a celebrity. Wine, he's another a celebrity maker. label. So what I enjoy about the article that you sent me is that um, like a good like a good craft uh, winemaker, craftsman winemaker, the bottle label is just his name. <laughs> Wade. True. Wade. And it looks like it's like in 30 or 32 or 48 point font. Just it's Wade. Huge. I'm like I'm like, wow, that's so you got good advice on that. Um <laughs> I th- maybe he should add some accents or something to make it look French. Um, well, he's but, doing a good uh, job. He's got it over there, and he's partnering with somebody that knows about wine, Jason Palmeyer. So, yeah, well, you know, you could <laughs> could be worse advice. I, I think you'll be okay. And so but I have just, I have no idea what does it go for. I don't know. I don't know. I went. I looked around. I couldn't find the info. So uh, you know, that's your you're the tech uh, guy. So I know, okay, I know I'm on. The, I'm on it. I'm on it. So we okay. should probably we should probably wrap up there um, uh, for this week. We've uh, we're we're uh, blowing our time limit here. Okay. But uh, let's just quit, briefly mention there you uh, you sent over an article on 
how U.S. wine lovers have embraced tech or online right now, which was yes. really surprising to me that only 11% of U.S. wine uh, wine consumers that surveyed had used the internet to buy wine. Um, now that was in the first six months of this year, so I don't know if they they asked previous to that, but um, it, it it really goes to the heart. So there are a lot of companies trying to build applications or services to uh, around wine and really with the intent of of selling it. Uh, it's surprising no one's cracked the code, and it yes. really it really goes to like how do you. You know, how do you buy wine? And it usually comes from a recommendation from a from from someone. Or as we were we started to talk about, and you know, there, there's a huge percentage of the wine that's just sold in supermarkets. It's hard to, it's hard to crack it. And you know it's hard to crack when Amazon tried and couldn't do it. Yeah. So I mean it's a it's a pretty difficult thing. Are you an eleven percenter, Bill? No, you know I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I at some level don't trust wine being shipped through the mail okay I mean, just like I you know they're they're you know if I order wine from somewhere right now it's likely that they're gonna get it, it will get shipped right now it's gonna be like 80 90 degrees next week oh yeah and well, it'll I'm get a, cooked yeah I'm a I'm a love I'm an 11 percenter but I I buy wine this time you know, the reason I'm 11 percenter is that I have such a, a weird taste that there's a lot of wine. I get bored with the wine shops in my local area. Yeah, they're not I carrying. I want to explore yeah. and do other stuff, and the only way I can get it is to get it from people that right. aren't in this zone. Right. And you also have exposure to wine that people don't get exposure to. Yeah, so the reason that I do it is for that, just for variety. And I always, I mean, my wife will tell you, <laughs> I order the wines and have them shipped in the wintertime. And, you know, once it rolls, once it turns, uh, you know, March, I'm pretty much done. And I still order wine, but what I do is I hold, I have them hold on to it. And then when it cools down in November, they send it out. So right. that's kind of how I deal with it. But yeah, you're right. You can't order wine and have it shipped in this environment. And most, and most, most quality retailers are going to do that. They're going to, they're not going to ship the wine when it's hot. Um, most yeah yeah most, the but, quality quality is the word there yeah. yeah because i mean you have to be careful because if you do go online you order something you got to let them know hey hold on to that i'll let you know what i want to send right you know, and, right? and oftentimes they want to they they want to ship it to you because they want to book that revenue yeah they want, well no they get, they get the revenue immediately when they when you order the wine but they don't want to hold on to it cuz it's sucking up space yeah that's true that's true <laughs> so that's it's true. one of those deals but it is it is amazing how people don't have uh, you know they don't have a trust for ordering wine online because people order all kinds of other commodities online. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, I order I order books all the time online. I know that's a little bit dinosaurish, but uh, no, I, I I what's a book? <laughs> well, so I think what's interesting, um, sort of more you know looking at like their food categories. You know, Amazon and Walmart and Safeway, you know, they, you know, just to pick out a few retailers that people probably heard of, you know, they have fairly robust, um, you know, internet, you know, I'll call it mail order business. You know, I can order spices and, you know, which I have done, yeast, um, you know, things that I can't, different types of uh, herbs that, uh, you know, you can't get locally. Right now, I know that stuff doesn't spoil as fast, but it still spoils. So I purchased that, but there's just something about it. it's interesting. It's must be something unique to wine. They also detail in here though that you know most people get their, you know, they buy based on recommendation. They get those recommendations for from family or friends um, or from wine shops. Yep. And what's really interesting about that is. A very small percentage use social media to get those recommendations. So, you know, my social network on those social sites are my friends and family. I'm not taking advice from them online, but I am in person. 30% to 85%. 30% um, consumer surveyed trusting posts on social media versus 83% for advice from friends and family. 
and wine shops are there too, 76%. So the wine, you know, the wine it's you know, again, just like the media business, a wine shop is providing editorial for your wine. They're out yeah, there yeah. using their palate to pick what they think is best mm-hmm. and to to pass that recommendation on to you and it, it appears that it's working. Yeah, and if you go there on a regular basis, they're only going to become more familiar with what you what you pick out. I mean, you go there, you pick up two or three bottles. When you go back, you get to give them a little feedback. You know, bottle number two, man, that was great. Bottle number three, eh, I could take it or leave it. And you know, the person that's running the shop, if they're if they're sharp, they keep track of that, you know, mentally or write it down, whatever they do, and uh, they're able to offer you some, uh, you know, some other recommendations for other wines that you might like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's pretty, you know, you, you need that when you go into a wine shop. I mean, I went into I went to a Safeway the other day and uh, I wanted to get a bagel. So, you know, you got to walk into the right hand corner of this particular store. I had to walk past the wine aisle. My <laughs> no. God, it's it's getting bigger, right? It's unbelievable, man. It's, it's getting like bigger. Three aisles of just and it's just stacked everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's big and it's big wine, too. I mean, it's not. You know, they're not a bunch of small local producers, right? I mean, it's it's big stuff. Well, the whole the whole thing, and part of this VR cone thing, you know, just to kind of circle around and go back again and tie it up, they were making, I believe they had cut down to just 50,000 cases. And you're not going to make it in this wine business, in this environment, making 50,000 cases, right. selling at the price point that they were. You're going to have to make 10 times that amount of wine to compete with all the other labels that are out there, or you're going to have to make considerably less and charge a lot more. And that's the formula. You get stuck in that that little area between, say, 50 to to 150,000. It's like no man's land in the wine business. That's true. And and these are the brands that are getting, getting bought up and getting swallowed up. So true. That's so what's true. going on. All righty. So, um, uh, any so what's coming up? So, uh, West of the West Festival. Yeah, West of the West is going to be next next, next weekend, next, right? Next weekend, Saturday what, and Sunday. What can our listeners look forward to from that, Bill? Well, Ed, we're going to go. Are we going? We're going to go. We're going to go to the tasting on Sunday. Okay. All right. That's um. Uh, it appears that they've graciously allowed us to attend. I didn't know that that was uh, in the offering, but uh, I wasn't sure it was anyway. Yeah. So that's that's good. So um, we'll uh, we'll ask lots of questions and um, we'll bring some info back. We'll bring our uh, we'll bring our expression. We I've I personally heard the show's a good good show. We'll have lots to talk about. I would imagine there's probably gonna be some good food there too. That'll be great. That'll be great. Um, um, wine and food, boy, my life's tough. It's not easy being you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, that is so not true. Um, but um, what else is going on in the wine world over here, as far as uh, tastings? Anything else coming up? Family winemakers is coming up in August. Oh man, that is going right. to be. Oh, you know, they're bringing it back. They're, they're taking it back to the first place where they had it. It's right. going to be like right downtown in San Francisco. It's 400 plus wineries. Um, nah, nah, not that many. I think it's 126. Are you sure? Because last year it was like 507 wineries. Oh, gosh. I don't remember being. Really? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to get back to that. I don't think it's that. It's a lot of wines, though, because each winery has pours like three, four, five different wines. Well, I could have that confused. Yeah, so I, I think it's 126 wine, if I'm not mistaken. But it's gonna be that's gonna be a great tasting. It always is, and uh, it's you know it's a really good group group of people actually. Yeah, I mean these are people you know multi generational um, people in the wine business. People are just starting out, typically small. Um, so they and you know very um, you know a lot like craft beer, right? You know, people who are sort of in it for the passion. Yep. Um, yeah. I so I got this completely wrong. Five hundred wines offered by one hundred twenty-five wineries. Okay. Good. I was gonna say, man, four four hundred plus wineries. That's gonna be tough. Yeah. Well, you know, drink <laughs> like a pro. Drink like a pro. That's all I gotta say. 
I've only got five seconds to taste your wine and write notes. That's right. <laughs> it, it sucks. On to the next one. It's okay. It's good. It sucks. It's great. Those are my ratings. Um, I'm completely joking, being sarcastic. Well, hey, um, that's all that I know about in terms of sort of events. I'm sure there are many more happening. Um, all right. Well, for everyone, we want you to stay tuned for our next uh, Vino Vino uh, Week uh podcast because i'm sure there'll be another acquisition of some type that'll be great we'll <laughs> keep that rolling tis the season hey All bill right. thanks man hey Thank thanks you. everyone for listening how do they get a hold of us bill um info at vino 101 um vino 101 net at twitter um we have a facebook page you can like us on i posted a bunch of pictures on that facebook page this week from uh, the tasting we did and from Torre de biati so you can take a look at those things. Um, and uh, you can uh, always leave us a comment on our site at vino101.net, or you can leave us a review uh, for our podcast in your favorite podcatcher or on iTunes. Right, and if you're out wine shopping, do yourself a favor. Get yourself a bottle of uh, Domaine de Caron, C-A-Y-R-O-N. It's the Gigandas. It's uh, imported by Jeff Wellburn. That's your wine tip. Oh, great. Did you have that this week? Uh, last night we had a bottle. It was 2006. And it just shows you how uh, people like, uh, you know, it's all about taste and what you like is what you like. I poured a glass for my wife and she was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I just said to myself, more for me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so sorry you don't like that. Let me get you something more to your life. Oh, I was like, can I get you a glass of water? <laughs> no. All right, Bill. Thanks right. so much, man. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye, Bye now. Bye-bye.